Crimers. What up? We are here with another episode today. Number three. Number three. We have some crazy ass motherfuckers for you today. Including ourselves. Including ourselves. <laughs> Shut up, Monica. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um... Yeah, so... I hope everybody had a good Halloween. I do think that we should say, though, that we do feel bad for the victims. Like, we're not making fun of murder. We're just, like, trying to find the funny part of it, I guess. Like, we're not trying to make fun of well, it. We don't it's really make like fun a, of it, though. We laugh sometimes, I'm but just it's just, to like... we cover our asses. Like, we're not, like, total fucking sociopaths, like... We just think it's interesting, and, like, we do feel bad for all the victims, obviously. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just felt like we should say that. Well, yeah, definitely. But if something's kind of funny, I'm going to laugh. I three viewers and have one of them fucking, like, sue us for fucking (laughs) saying something weird. Like, I don't know. Liable. All right, so. (laughs) This week, I had Leonard Lake. And Charles NG, which are fucked up people, guys. They are fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake was born in San Francisco, October 29th, 1945. Um, he's also known as Leonard J. Hill... Alan Dre, Randy Jacobson, Robin Stapley, Leonard Hill, Charles Gunner, and Paul Cosner. So I just want to let everyone know we had a really hard time trying to figure out if it was Leonard or Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't know if it was Le- Leonard or Leonard. What? Who knows? It was a lot harder to research than I thought. Don't spell them the same. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyways, he had all of those names. Um, and you'll see why shortly. He had some of them at least. Okay, so during the 80s, Lake and his accomplice, Charles N.G., raped, tortured, and murdered an estimate of 11 to 25 people. Um, and A it, random number. Well, they just don't know the exact number. And they, they're not saying. Yeah. So, um, and they did this at a remote cabin in Calaveras County. Uh, Sorry, California, I'm probably saying that wrong. (laughs) Um, We say so many things. (laughs) Probably. Um, And that is in the uh, Sierra Nevada foothills. So... Let's get into Lake's childhood. So, when he was six years old, his parents separated where uh, him and his siblings had to move in with their maternal grandmother. There it is. <laughs> so, they had to move in with their mother's mother. Um, Lake's was a bright child. It was known that he was a bright child. But after he made a habit of photographing his sisters nude, 
which the grandpair or the grandmother apparently encouraged, which is kind of fucked up. What? Yeah, the grandmother encouraged him to take pictures of his sister's nude. And um he then became obsessed with pornograph. So <laughs> he likes his pornos. <laughs> um he report <laughs> what? <laughs> so he reportedly extorted his sisters to perform sexual acts. Um, he would also collect mice and kill them by dissolving them in chemicals. What the fuck? Yeah, and what a it, weird way to kill something. Yeah, he would dissolve them in chemicals. In the same... bad shit. Yeah, but it's in the same way he would later dispose of corpses from his human victims. So he was, like, smart as fuck, though, then. Kind of, yeah. you have to have, like... Well, he was a Marine. Yeah, but, like, you have to have some sort of, like, a chemistry background or something if you're dealing with acid with that level of acid in it. I don't fucking know what I'm saying, but I feel like... Right. That's sciencey. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just crazy that he would dissolve them with the um acid, acid and shit. So after attending Balboa High School, Lakes enlisted in the Marines. I've been there, Balboa Island. Sorry. I don't even know where that is, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, he enlisted in the Marines in 1964. Um, he served two tours of Vietnam, and he was a radar electro- electronic tech. So, after a delusional breakdown, he was discharged or no, he was, well, he was discharged, but... Was he, like, honorably discharged, or did he, like, get in trouble for something? Um, he got in trouble, I'm pretty sure. So he was diagnosed with SPD, <coughs> which I'm not gonna pronounce this right, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> it's Shizad Personality Disorder. Schizod. Schizod. It's, it feels like it's schizophrenic, like, schiz... Schizod. Wait, is this A or O I? It's schizoid personality disorder, I feel. I which is like a form of schizophrenia kind of. No. no. Um I can't Maybe, know. but this is so this disorder is a personality disorder. I went and looked it up so yeah. that I would have like a definition of what it was yeah, because I was like, weird. what the fuck is it? Yeah. Before. So um it's a personality disorder character characterized by the lack of interest in social relationships, um, a tendency towards a solitary or sheltered lifestyle, um, secretiveness, emotional coldness, and detachment, and, like, it, you don't have empathy. I wonder, though, because didn't you say he was born in, what, like, 1945, something like that? Yeah. I wonder if he was diagnosed with that then I don't know. do you know what i mean like obviously he was diagnosed in like the 50s or 60s when they didn't know what the fuck 
Yeah, he like, was diagnosed in the sixties. It, it, it might not even be a thing. It might not even be a thing. Yeah. yeah, it might not be even be a thing now. I didn't really read too much into it. I just wanted to get the kind of knowledge of what yeah. it was. Um, after being diagnosed with the SPD, Lakes was medically discharged from the Marines. So now it was just a medically okay. discharge. Right. Um, so then, then he enrolled in San Jose University, but then he dropped out after one s- semester after feeling the love of the hippie lifestyle <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so from there he moved on to a commune. Did you put anything in there? Yeah. Yeah, it has clue in it. Mm. Um, so, where was I? Oh my god, so good. <laughs> oh my god, she's making me try her hot chocolate so with Kahlua. Mm, yeah. Oh peppermint hot chocolate with Kahlua it is pretty tasty um (laughs) so where was I okay so after feeling the love of the hippie lifestyle in San Francisco he moved to a commune and married briefly in 1975 but the marriage fell apart when his wife discovered he was making and appearing in pornographic films um and yeah it usually included bondage in sodomizing can you imagine like in that day and age also like not only is your husband fucking cheating but like he's cheating on film but he's bonding yeah he's bonding people up and sodomizing them yeah like holy like okay so she just like left him pretty much yeah so then for the next eight years eight years um lake lived at the greenfield ranch which is a 5600 acre back to land settlement near capella um it's north of you you can i can't even read my writing right yeah, now yeah. huh you can do no it's in california <laughs> <laughs> I can't even write. It's in Northern California. Okay. okay. I I just can't read how I, I wrote that down. Northern fucking California. It's beautiful there. Yeah. Um, I need to start writing to where I can read my handwriting. I need to start writing. <laughs> um. So, there he met and eventually married Clara Lynn. Balaz, Balazs. Balazs. It, like it's a weird B A L A Z S. Yeah, like it's real weird. Yeah. But we're gonna just call her by her nickname, which was Cricket. Aww. And I like that nickname. You're gonna ruin it for me. No, she doesn't really have much to do with okay. it. Right. She yeah. So and then. Cricket became involved in Lake's fantasies and appeared in many of his porn films. Um, so that's kind of so how he they... he was the one that was, like, an, like an initiating the porn films. Like, he was also yeah, filming them. He, he was, wasn't just yeah. in them. He was like, holy yeah. shit. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And then... 
And then Lakes had a growing fear also of um, a nuclear holocaust uh, coming, and that prompted him to begin building a bunker on the settlement grounds. But the owner found out and made him stop building because it's not his property. Can't do that shit. What? Yeah. Real fucking weird. Like That's like, yeah, but it's like out of nowhere. Yeah, he just, well, I think it kind of, it will, I don't think it was, I think that was his excuse. Got Let's it. put that it that way. Sense. I think he was going to use that to be his murder lounge. Yeah. Um, he was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, so he just said, oh, nuclear holocaust. I gotta build me a bunker. Stop! <laughs> okay, so. Then Lake met fellow Marine Charles N.G. through a war gamer advertisement he placed in 1981. Um, so he placed that in 1981. But N.G. didn't uh, contact him until 1984, I don't think. Uh, when he was dishonorably discharged after serving time for theft and desert desertion, which uh, I had to look that up to make sure of what it was, but that's when you, like, leave the military post without permission. Okay. So, like, um, it's desert, uh, desertion. So, now going into his childhood... NG was born December 24th, 1960, in British Hong Kong. Uh, He was the son of a wealthy Hong Konger executive and his wife. Um, And as a child, NG was harshly disciplined and abused by his father, which doesn't really sound like it's very out of the ordinary because that's kind of how parents are in the Asian culture. Yeah. yeah. You know what it's I like mean? They're they're very tough. like tough. Strict. Yeah. So I'm not sure if something is more than normal with yeah, it yeah. or what. Um so as a teenager he was described as a troubled loner and expelled from several schools. After getting arrested at age 15 for shoplifting, NG's father insisted that he goes, that he would go to, uh, Bentram Grammar School, and it's a boarding school in North Yorkshire, England. Mm. Yeah, so. Strict as fuck. Yeah, and not long after that, he was expelled for stealing from the other students. So, and then he returned to Hong Kong after that. So he definitely had issues anyways. Too. Yeah, so he was just into robbery, and that keeps going. So, NG moved to the United States on a student visa in 1978 and studied biology at the College of Notre Dame. Is not Notre Dame, Notre Dame? I Notre- just say it every other... I just, like, switch on and off which way. <laughs> yeah. Because, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. so... I feel like it's too late to ask. 
Notre Dame. I'll say Notre Dame. <laughs> and that's in Belmont, California. I feel like it is Notre Dame. Okay. So, he dropped out after one semester. <laughs> well, he tried. <laughs> yeah. So, then he met Lake and was involved in a hit-and-run accident. And to avoid getting in trouble, he joined the Marines. So, he did know right. Lake before he went into the Marines. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Um, so, yeah. He got into trouble. From a hit and run, and to get out of that trouble, he went enlisted in the Marines. Um, after NG was dishonorably discharged, Lake invited him to share a cabin near Wiseleyville that he was running from cricket. Okay. Um, next to the cabin, Lake had built a dungeon. He would call it a dungeon, and that's how he described it in his journals, but it was pretty much like, yeah, what it sounds like. And, dungeon, like. Yeah, and before he even asked NG to go live there with him, um, he probably already killed his brother Donald and his friend and best man Charles Gunner. Which I believe isn't one of his names, Charles Gunner. Yeah. Yeah. So he would steal their identities. It's so weird. Yeah. It's not weird. It's just fucked up. Like he was obviously like very smart. Con yeah. He stole. He stole their money and identities after killing them. So. It's pretty fucking crazy. Um. And then over the next year, uh, Lake and NG began a series of rape, torture, and murder. Their victims included their neighbor Lonnie Bond and his girlfriend Brenda O'Connor, their infant son Lonnie Jr. No. Yes. And Harvey and Deborah Dubbs and their young son Sean. According to the count, uh, according to the court records, they killed the men and infants immediately, but they kept the women alive, raping and torturing them before murdering them, or allowing them to die from the injuries. So it's like real fucked up. Well, then it, there's like something targeted towards them in there. Yeah. Like there's something. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, other known victims. Other known victims include relatives and friends who came looking for Bond or O'Connor, two gay men, and some workmates of NG. So, they were just going on a little killing spree there for a minute. Um, on June... No big deal. Yeah, right. On June 2nd, 1985, NG was caught shoplifting a vice from a hardware store in San Francisco and fled the scene. (laughs) Yeah. So, this motherfucker tried to steal a vice, which is something, some kind of mechanical part. Um, 
And then he just fled the scene like, bye. <laughs> like, which, I mean, is what you do whenever you yeah. steal. But, um, then Lake went back to the hardware store later on and tried to pay for the vice. Mm-hmm. But the police had already been there. Um, and the officers noticed that... <coughs> The officers noticed that, um, where is, where was I? Uh, that his license picture was not him. So, and the name on the license was Robin Stapley. That was, was that one of the guys he killed, or that's just a random... So, Robin Stapley is one of his identities, and it's a San Diego man reported missing by his family several weeks earlier. Um, so, yeah, he probably killed him. Yep. Um, Lake was arrested after a gun with a prohibited silencer was found in his trunk. Um, while in custody... While in custody, get this, Lake took cyanide pills that he had sewn into his clothes and died four days later. So he fucking suffered for four days, which he de- fucking deserved. And yeah, but it was his choice, though. I know, but he still deserved to suffer those four days. Because you know you're sick yeah. if you take cyanide. Like, it's not a very yeah, fun yeah. way to go. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know personally, Did you but know that, that some people can smell cyanide and some people can't. It's part of like your um. Weird. I don't. Like your genetic. I have no clue if I would know how. I've never been. Well, you have to take a DNA test, and it would like tell you. Weird. That's strange. So. <laughs> That's why some people get saved. Yeah. So they. So the license plate on his car was registered to him, but the car was registered to Paul Cosner, another one of his identities, who had disappeared in November 1984. So the police used his registration to find the property in Wiseleyville, or Wiseleyville, (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Wildsleyville, it's weird. Um, where they found Stapley's truck, Bond's car. Um, they found the dungeon behind the cabin. They also found forty pounds of crushed human, or forty pounds of crushed up, burnt human bones. Making up a minimum Ew. of 11 bodies. Ew. 40 pounds of crushed bones. Like, what? How many pounds of, like, your body do you think are bones? Though? Not very Not much. Not to, like, fucking downplay it, but, like, I'm curious. Did you know? Well, if know 40 if pounds is, a, like, a minimum of 11 bodies, like... But I don't know, did they, like, DNA and there was 11 different DNAs in there? Or, like, you wanna I don't know. Do you want to think really weird? What? Your bones are wet. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your bones are wet right now. Think about it. 
You're nasty. Ew. <laughs> anywho. No, anywho. So. They found that. Um, Bond and Stapley's bodies were identified and found to be. To have been um, gagged and shot in the head. Uh, there was also a treasure map. That led them to two buried five-gallon buckets. In one of them, it had um, ID papers and personal possessions that um, suggest there's 25 victims. Ew. Yeah. Uh, and the other was Lake's journals from 1983 and 1984, along with two videotapes documenting the rape and torture of Brenda O'Connor and Deborah Dubbs. On one of the tapes, NG comes on and uh, he says to O'Connor, you can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do you any good. Yeah. Fucked up. That's evil. Yeah, and then on the other tape... Well, but that also means that he didn't, like, revel in there. Like, I don't even know what you would call that. Like, whenever they were, like, gro- like groveling and, like, crying, right. trying to, like, beg for mercy. Like, he didn't care for that. Like, Yeah. It's still fucked up. liked the killing yeah. part. Um, and then on the other tape was... Uh, Dubs being assaulted so bad uh, that she could not have survived it. Um, so, with all that being said, Lake's, Lake's wife, Cricket, she's a badass bitch. Okay, okay. She now pretty, I'm going to love the name Cricket even more. She pretty much turned all of his weapons over to the police and um everything turned everything of his over to okay. the police okay. and just didn't want anything to do with it pretty much um so then in 1985 ng was arrested in canada for weapons and robbery and eventually gets sent back to california where he still waits on california's death row at age 59 today He'll be 60 on Christmas Eve. Well, good. But he's still on death row. Well, do you think he'll do you think he'll die before he gets there? I mean, who knows? Don't a lot of them? I never I don't know. I don't know how that works. Like I feel like they have to wait so many years and well, there's like so many things they have to do. Like it sounds bad, but I feel like the more publicized the case is, the quick and they if you get the death penalty and it was like a publicized case, it's gonna be a lot quicker than if it is kind of like hidden. Like if yeah, there's like public I mean, knowledge of it, I feel like it gets pushed way faster. Yeah, because I mean I've never heard of these guys, but I mean they're up. obviously known enough though. It's just crazy. Just yeah. fucking crazy. I'm my turn. Alright, so this guy's fucked up. Um, and I'm not defending him. It's just, like, sad, like, his life. Yeah. His life is just so sad. And you can tell, like, 
there was a point where he was just like, no. But also, he was really fucked up as a child, too, so I'm right. not giving him too much credit. So, my guy's name this week was Keith Hunter Jefferson. Uh, he was born April 6th, 1995 in Britain, Canada. And he was the middle child between two sisters and two brothers, just like me. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Um, ooh, his father was a domineering alcoholic. Um, so he had a mother, but obviously she didn't do much about it. But it didn't say anything about her abusing him. So at least there's that, I guess. Yeah. Um, he started growing really fast and he was like an abnormally large child really young and that led to a lot of teasing by his family and his friends and his brothers nicknamed him Igor mm-hmm. like a giant um, and that fucking like stuck with him all through school and stuff so mm. um, but then little dicks I know, but then he started capturing and torturing animals um, at like five or six years old. He didn't do that, but he started catching them at like five or six years old. Um, And he also enjoyed watching them kill each other. (laughs) He would capture stray birds, cats, and dogs and then beat and kill them. Fucked up. But he said that he got like approval from his parent, from his father, from it. Like he said that it made his father proud for some reason. Weird. Um, yeah. Well, he had a lot. He has a lot to say about certain things. So, um, after the, you know, birds and cats and dogs and stuff, mm-hmm. that's like right around the time that he started visualizing killing humans. And it all manifested when he was about 10 years old. He was a friends with a kid named Martin. And Keith would be brutally punished and beat every time he got in trouble for something, which was often, even at that young age. Uh, And he got pissed one time. Like, I guess there was a situation where he was just over it. He said that he always got punished for things that Martin actually did. So he attacked Martin. Um, He was beating him violently until his father actually had to pull him off of him. He later told his father that his intention was to kill him. And that was at 10. And then a year later. At 10. I know. Like, it's like therapy. But again, 60s. Like, that would have been like 1960 if he was five years old. You know. Oh, well, if he was 10, it would have been 1965. But still, like. They didn't fucking know. They were just like, hush. But so then, about a year later, he was uh, swimming in a lake nearby. And him and another kid were, like, horse playing. And the kid held Keith underwater until he blacked out. What? So, I know. So, um, sometime later... Uh, he held the boy underwater at a public swimming pool until a lifeguard pulled him off. Um, he said that he was raped at 14 years old. That makes sense. Right. He graduated high school in 1943, didn't go to college. His dad didn't think he could or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he was never successful before with girls before this point. Like he had never gone to a homecoming or a prom or dated anybody. 
uh, but he did begin a relationship shortly after high school. And then by 1975, when he was 20 years old, he married the same girl, Rose Huck. Uh, the couple had three kids, Rose. two girls and a boy. And he became a truck driver to support the family. So he seems to have turned out fine right. at that point, you know, like he kind of figured it out. Seriously. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, so much for quiet turning. <laughs> um, okay, so his first victim was Tanya Bennett, and it was on January 23rd. No, wait, I didn't, I lost a piece of it. Damn it. Okay, so I know it anyways. It's fine. So then she starts getting um, suspicious that he's cheating on her because she's getting these calls from random women while he's like on the road. Mm -hmm. And this is just a couple years after they get married. So then one night she's like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. And she packs up the kids while he's working. She packs up the kids, goes to um, her parents' house with the kids. Yeah. Moves there, like, leaves them. So he's Sounds still... Like her mom. You know what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this. So he's able to visit them uh, whenever he's in town, which is relatively often because he's, like, a truck driver. So, like, he's still in his kids' lives. His oldest at that time is 10. Um, I believe her name's Melissa. So then he decides that he wants to do um, this Canadian Mount Police Academy thing. Like, this is, like, his new goal because he just, like, lost his whole family, you know, basically. So he decides this is, like, his new goal, and he starts training for it, and it's, like, a big deal to him, and then he gets an injury while he's training, and that dream is totally crushed. So this is when he kind of, like, breaks. So he starts searching for truck driving um, employment again. He relocates to California, and this is whenever he realizes that he can murder people without being suspected because he's traveling everywhere so he's not in the same like place he's apparently into like hookers and like or i'm sorry sex workers so i feel like he knows that they're not going to be missed like immediately like people aren't going to worry like the second that they're gone so his first victim her name is tanya bennett it's on January 23rd, uh, 1990, near Portland, Oregon. So he says he met her at the bar and invited her back to the place that he was renting at the time. Um, so I guess he was renting somewhere that he was driving out of. I don't know. He um, thought they were going to hook up. And when she refused, he started beating her. And then he got afraid that uh, she would report him. So, and this is weird. It says that he stuffed his fist. She have reported he, him. Well, she, like, tried to call 911. He stuffed his fist in her mouth and killed her. And then to establish his alibi, he went back out drinking. 
made sure to have conversations with people, you know, and then returned to dispose of the body and her belongings. <coughs> That's fucking like how the fuck He was back someone? on the fucking road the next day driving. How do you kill someone by putting your fist in their mouth? I don't think that's how he killed her. I think he just did that while he killed her. So his assumed thing is strangulation. So I'm assuming that's what he did. But for some reason, like, it emphasized that on the three different things I went to. It said that so in every one. Like behind her with his hand in her mouth and pulling... I have no idea. Strangle it? Like... I don't know. This motherfucker creepy. <laughs> it's just weird and it's the only like murder that that's in like it doesn't say that in anything else it's just weird probably maybe to silence her I don't know it's so sad though ladies don't go home with men the first night you meet them <clears throat> um so yeah that's fucked up so whenever her body was found a few days later they had zero leads and zero suspects because they didn't fucking know what happened and like he obviously had an alibi so why would he be a suspect um and then two and a half years later is apparently the next kill i don't fucking buy it but yeah so august 30th 1992 um she's still unidentified um i wish we could go back to the 90s not when all this shit was going on but yeah why is this (laughs) making you feel like it's nostalgic (laughs) I just always believe I that know. the 90s were the best time. Nobody got offended. Everyone, Everyone thinks that, that when they grew up is the best time, though. Everyone will say well, that. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, nobody got offended like they do today. Like, they did. We just didn't. We just didn't. We weren't exposed like to this, it. Though. It's true. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. <laughs> like, they weren't complaining about Christmas music. Being yeah. Offensive. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... So, August 30th, 1992, this lady is still, like, unidentified, which a lot of them are because a lot of them were sex workers. So, um, she was found, she was raped and strangled near Blythe, California. Um, and he later says that her name was Claudia. Claudia. So, and then a month later in Turlock, California, the body of Cynthia Lynn Rose was discovered, um... He stated she was a sex worker who entered his truck while he was sleeping. Okay. Because that always happens. I just feel like it's so weird. it was a mistake? I don't know. Yeah, like maybe she was on drugs and just was like trying to... I don't know. It's just weird to me. She was looking for a friend. And how do you know? Yeah. Oh, wait. Is it like an 18... Like a truck truck that like... Yeah, like he was... Yeah, like he was a truck driver. Oh. Either he just fucking like got he was out at a rest stop. Her. Either he got out and took her, or she. It's was just weird that he said and, that. Look, like, yeah. he admitted to taking. You know. Okay, so. And the fourth victim was another sex worker, Lori Ann Pentland of Salem, Oregon. Oh, her body was found in November of that year. According to Keith, she attempted to double her charge after intercourse. She tried to call 911, and he strangled her. So I'm wondering if, like, these girls are specifically doing something that's, like, not that it's their fault, obviously, but, like, doing something that's setting them off. Like, is he getting a sex worker every other night, but not killing all of them? Is he just killing the ones that, like, quote, disrespect him in his eyes or something? Yeah. Weird. 
So it was six months until the next victim. I have my papers all fucked up. <laughs> I literally like threw one of them away. So good thing I read it like six times. Um. It should be neat writing. Oh, well, he was also known as the happy face killer. Um, not to be confused with the smiley face killer. And the reason that he was called that was because after that first murder um, with Tiana Bennett, he... Um, so this lady, this random lady, was in this abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And she... Decided that was like her out to get out whenever they found that body. So she said that her husband or her her live-in boyfriend. Yeah, this is good. She said that her live-in boyfriend made her help him rape and kill this lady. Okay. Like this random lady said this. Like she was distressed, I guess, whatever. So she said this, like, the, no, like, this random lady fucking, like, confessed to, the, like, his first murder, like, a few months later. Um, because she was trying to get out of this abusive relationship, and she's like, whatever, I'll just say that he and I'll go to jail for, like, two months, whatever. So she tried to do that. The guy ended up pleading guilty in court because he didn't want to get the death penalty, and they both fucking went to jail and got convicted for that murder. Because she said that they did it. Okay? Like, they confessed. Yeah. So he got jealous that they got the credit for it. So hundreds of miles away, he wrote on, like, a bathroom gas station wall the confession with, like, details that only a killer would know. And then signed it with a happy face. I have to make sure I don't say smiley face so it's not the smiley face killer. It's not him. It's It's a happy face. One of the reporters um, dubbed him that. So he's the happy face killer, whatever, because that's what he signed everything with. Right. So then he's pissed off and he starts, I mean, he's already killed like, yeah, like those six people, whatever. So then he kills somebody in 1993 in Santa Nella, California, and claimed that her name was Carla Ascendi. Mm-hmm. Um, again, sex worker. Uh, they originally thought that she died of an overdose. And then another, a year later, Jane Doe uh, was found in Chesapeake, Florida. Uh, he claims that her name was Suzanne. Um, he was arrested on March 30th, 1995 and claims to be, he claims to have killed 185 people. He was convicted of, people. yeah, it says he was only convicted of five. He confessed technically to eight, but I don't know if he recanted or like how that worked. Right. Um, so how he was arrested was he refused to talk at first whenever they brought him in. And then after two failed suicide attempts, he turned himself in and hoped for leniency. How do you fail two times? I don't know. But so that fucking couple that... But, like, he confessed to... Ev- like, once he was actually arrested, like, he confessed to fucking everything. But that couple that was in jail for killing... um, Was it Tiana? Yeah. No. <coughs> Whichever one it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
they finally got released after he confessed to that murder and gave proof of where her purse was located. And only he would have known that. Oh, that's so then they were fucking released. I'd be curious to see if, like, that fucking guy, if he was abusive in the first place, like, went after, you know what I mean? Yeah. That fucking, like, they were in there for five years. Um, so, yeah, it's just crazy. And he was writing letters to the police the whole time. Not, like, as, like, a catch-me-catch-me, but as, like, a... So he started writing letters to, like, um, the police stations, the media, the the news stations, like, all these... Like the newspapers, like everywhere, right. he's writing these letters, like these, con- like these detailed confessions, and signing it with a smiley face, and with a happy face. Sorry, and <laughs> god damn it, okay. um, but signing it with a happy face, and just no one's doing anything. Yeah. So I mean, at least he finally well, got caught. How are you supposed to like? Can't, like, oh, I probably said it should have said this earlier for like the visual visualization or something. But at age thirty five, he was six foot seven point five inches and two hundred and forty fucking pounds. Jesus, like he, he was fucking huge, like a huge fucking man. Like I don't think I believe that he killed one hundred eighty five fucking people. Yeah, I do because it's, I don't bad. know. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I know. He was gross. I just feel like he's... People that, like, try to be police officers and then don't get in end up gross. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, then be a security guard. Don't go kill people. Right. You know what, though? This is the first guy that I've done that didn't, like, have a record of hitting their head really hard. He was the middle child of five, though. Yeah. Which I get, and I'm sure I was injured without anyone noticing <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Just because that's life in a family yeah. that big, you know? Right. I mean, I was pushed out the bay window upstairs. What the fuck? Whenever I was a kid. Who pushed you? Who do you Eric. Think? Oh my god. What a fucking dick face. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, and then he pushed my other brother Carl through the wall, and he had to get like staples in his head. Does he have temper tantrums? When he was younger, yeah, he was old. I could see that. I feel like he still has like adult temper tantrums, but in like a different way. Oh yeah, he definitely like does. just like a temper now. Nobody I guess. does Not anything so for him, but we all do so much for him. Middle child syndrome. It happens. Hey, you know. don't say that. No, it's not a syndrome. You guys always forget us. I feel like literally my entire childhood, I was just like, hello? <laughs> That's hello. Like, I remember being know. left in the fucking car in the garage and, like, waking up and being like, <laughs> what? Well, that never They just left him. me here? It might have. You guys or were maybe, just so engulfed. You never know. Maybe once you are taught, like, once you... Like, maybe you would wake up as soon as they would take you in or something. You know what I mean? Don't fucking defend my parents from 1990. <laughs> I'm just saying. For my like, traumatic memories. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's true. It could be true. I don't know. It's just, I'm telling you, middle child, it does something to you. 
I would like, whenever I was younger, if I would get hurt, I would start crying really hard and then just like pass out. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, would you actually pass out or would you be like, like give no, me I attention and like fake pa- sleep? No, like I would fucking pass out. If you got hurt really bad. Yeah. That makes Scared sense. The shit out of my That's parents. like how Kyle is sometimes. It's, it doesn't happen anymore, but like, like whenever I was younger, I would be like, like, like I would get so th- to the point where like I couldn't breathe and then I would just pass so out. So like the doctor said that it's like this weird, it's either called the vagal nerve or I swear it's called the vagus nerve. I swear to God, that's what it's called. The vagus nerve. Mm, maybe. Um, I'm but not a brain surgeon. I remember like laughing at the doctor and being like, oh really? But so whenever something happens, like whenever it basically is like when something causes anxiety or whenever something really bad happens to your body that will send off a message and sometimes it makes everything else shut down and that's what will make you yeah pass out isn't that crazy weird i know that's kind of funny though i feel like it reminds me that you were like a as a child i feel like your spirit animal is one of those goats that like <laughs> yeah and then like passes out when they get scared no, my spirit animal is definitely the elephant. I, I have always loved elephants. It is. It is. Absolutely. Mine's the woodpecker. The woodpecker. <laughs> I like to pick people's brains. You do. I like to peck people's nerves. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Monica's like a fucking sister to me. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think... That it. is our show today. That was some fucked up people. Sorry, my papers were fucking jumbled. <laughs> Monica was. About my steak this week was kind of a shit show, but anyway. I had fun. I did too. It's always fun hearing these things. So, like us on Facebook, um, rate us on iTunes, and yeah. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.